1: What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited about this very special episode. Yeah. Welcome to a little bonus
2: ep. Uh, Pretty cool things happening. If this is your first episode and it's a bonus episode, this is (laughs) Weed and Grub. It's a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out.
1: And cool shit that you need to know about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: 100%.
1: Like the Green Street Festival.
2: May 13th and 14th at the Green Street Building at the Majestic Theater downtown. Weed and Grub is on the poster. Did you see the new poster?
1: I know. I'm so excited that we're like a media partner. We're going to be represented at the festival. And uh, yeah, we sat down with our friend Rama to talk all about the vest.
2: Yeah, he is someone who I like so much. And he just has big vision. And then the idea of executing on big vision is man, oh man, like that's who I want to know in my life.
1: I feel too like Rama's a little bit like the Anthony Bourdain of the weed world. And I don't know if he would agree with that assessment, but I just feel like the way he talks about coming up, you know, like washing dishes and then getting into the punk scene and music and creating shows and then you know the way he sort of just like crafted his world in weed here in LA. I have I met him right when I moved to LA and it's just kind of neat to like now have a, a bit of an overview of what he's been up to and see it culminating in, culminating in this fest. So you know I just uh, I appreciate it.
2: And to leap on your Anthony Bourdain <laughs> example and if he doesn't like it apologies but I'm reading Anthony Bourdain's um autobiography right now Mm -hmm. even though i gave it to you as a christmas gift i immediately (laughs) took it back and started reading it and in it they talk about how anthony all of a sudden had all of these people all of these workers all of these shows on his shoulders and he felt like um it was his duty to see things through because so many people were counting on him and when we talk with Rama in this interview, he talks about how when he and Gary Vee signed a contract together five years ago, one of the first things Gary V said to him was, you are about to be oversaturated with opportunity. And Rama's like, I can handle anything. I got this. I love work. I love what I do. My dreams are coming true. And then your dreams start coming true, and you got a lot of people counting on you and it's real.
1: Yeah, and I think people especially count on Rama because he is a real one. He's not like a corporate grow coming in and you know trying to just make a profit off of this you know burgeoning industry that's a really exciting you know space to be in for for many people but the people who really care about the culture and about weed like Rama um, are like beacons for you know anyone in the community who's like okay you can all you can make money you can make a profit off it and you can also do what's right, which is, you know, continue to forward the the movement in a way where people can actually all benefit from it and hopefully all rise together.
2: 100%. And the last thing I want to say before we get to this interview at the Green Street
1: building, where the festival is
2: taking place on <laughs> May 13th and 14th, is in the plugs at the end, he talks about how if you can't make it to California or tickets are sold out, it's going to be streaming on No Jumper. And I just want to call that out right now because I don't have a link to No Jumper. So if you're listening to this app and you want to check out the fest, go to No Jumper and you can watch it
1: nice and you're fucking hosting too oh oh what <laughs> burying the lead <laughs> if you can come to the event mike will be there in a hosting capacity and uh, i'm so excited
2: it's gonna be really that. cool yeah i got new sneakers for it i'm very excited
1: those are crazy cool new sneakers thanks mm-hmm. so
2: if even if you don't smoke weed check out my sneakers <laughs> <laughs>
1: And there's going to be yeah so much stuff happening there entertainment panels um, music food all sorts of cool stuff and I think you know some of the best companies that are making waves in California so a cool time to come and check out what's good at the Green Street Festival. Hundred percent. Yep.
2: Okay. Enjoy this very special episode, everyone. And without further ado, here's our interview with
1: Rama Mayo.
2: Rama, I came in with a thought. Before we get to Green Street Fest and everything else, I wanted to take this opportunity, since Mary Jane and you were in the same room, and just say that both of you are my favorite people to go out to eat with (laughs) because of menu ordering pleasure. Mm. And because we're all here, I just wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you both for going hard in the fucking paint when it comes to eating together. For sure, I appreciate that.
1: Hell yeah. yeah, I feel like the three of us now must eat together. Yeah, we know, what
0: if, what happens if the three of us combine forces? Oh, oh dude, shit. you better get us a long fucking table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll need a table, pancake. Yeah, I have, I definitely have like food envy, you know. So like, and I worked in restaurants like when I was a kid, so a lot of food I don't like. Like that I did there, like seafood, a lot of seafood and shit. Anything in any cooked seafood, I don't really like. Yeah, sushi I love, but like nothing that like I served in the restaurant. But when we're eating, I have such FOMO that like i have to share food even though i'm maybe sacrificing the better dish you know what i mean it's like worth it to Absolutely. to do it you know what i mean so and i'm also known to get a table pancake anywhere that we can <laughs> just for the table you know what i mean just to yeah. share like you know no one wants a pancake as like a meal maybe it's like a lot no
2: but i'll take a slice but like, yeah a
0: big bite of a maybe two bites of pancake it's fucking perfect. Great know? call. Yeah, yeah table yeah. pancake. If you get nothing out of this episode, everybody, it's just table pancake. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
2: Especially because, like, I don't, I would like to know what your pancake technique is.
0: For me, I want to drown that baby in syrup and come back to it five minutes later. Oh, soaky pancake? No. And soaky. Yeah. I don't like soaky pancakes. I don't like anything soggy. I don't like soggy sandwiches or soggy cereal or soggy pancake. Okay. I like the opposite. I, I'll, I'll do, like, I'll cut it first, even then fucking. You'll dip. Put, put, put the, I don't oh, dip, that's crazy. <laughs> but I'll but I'll put the sauce on at the end, you know, like after it's cut, ready to be eaten, you know. Do you butter it? Oh, for sure. You gotta butter that baby. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have butter in the pancakes. It's like in all the photos of pancakes throughout history. Yeah. yeah. I think you know? the butter came before the pancake, in fact. That's true. That's true. They were like, what can we eat this butter with? And it was like, hmm, <laughs> some guy named Pan. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because you took me to John and Vinny's for my first meal oh, there ever. Man. And we were sitting at the counter. And they had to move chairs away from our two chairs to <laughs> allow the plates to be, like, passed around. It was fucking awesome. And then I took Mary Jane to John and Vinny's for the first time. We sat outside, whole bench covered in plates, every single bite delicious. That, that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah John, uh, John and Vinny's, when, I, when I'm when i from Boston, and when there's nothing to, like, live for there, mostly, like, it's during the winter especially, so you grew up as, like, a sports fan, a lot of people. And the New England Patriots are like one of the things that like I really enjoy still. But when they go to the Super Bowl, which was often, I would order John and Vinny's takeout Super Bowl party for myself. I would invite no I invite nobody over.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like oh, yes. it's like three hundred bucks or something usually. Uh And, but it's like a tray of meatballs and like the different pasta dishes and all the, you know, it's like the wing, it's like everything, sandwich bit. It's like your dream, dream, dream. But yeah, I'll just do that by myself. And of course we don't eat it all, but at the end you got to give it away. You know what I mean? Or maybe meatballs can stay for an extra day, but.
1: Yeah. Leftovers for days. Yeah. Tomorrow meatball.
0: But no soggy sandwich. That's the problem. No. You know, that's the issue, you know, so.
2: But, but. Okay, so here's the thing. Because we've eaten a lot of sandwiches together, and I know Uncle Paulie's is a part of Green Street Festival. Mm -hmm, Would mm -hmm. you say that that is your number one non-soggy
0: sandwich? Uh, For down here, by the building, of course. Yeah, Yeah. we're there today. My Emily, who uh, helped us set up the podcast, she texted me like an hour before this, like like MP from. Up, you know what I mean? Because that's that meatball parm from Uncle Polly's has become such a thing that it just like, has initials now. You know, uh, not very motivating, I'd say. though, like you know meatball parm in the midday, you know, thing. But um, but yeah, sandwiches. So no, but you a, wake
2: up at two in the morning, right? So your day is done. Well, I by wake up at two free. in the morning,
0: screaming and freaking out, <laughs> and then I try to sleep for a few more hours. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. But really, this is so boring. I've been doing green juice in the morning, like just green juice, no veggies, no 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 fruit in it, just like pure like. Not good green green juice like you know creation or whatever, and then salad only for lunch, which is so terrible. I hate it so much, and I just get the same salad every day basically at the Salad Spotter here. And but then I go crazy for dinner. Hell then yeah. I'm going like chicken parm or something like to fully counteract everything I did during the day. You it's know? the only way to fall asleep, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the only way is
2: to like knock yourself out with a sandwich.
0: <laughs> chicken parm. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't actually I haven't really made chicken parm, but last night I made chicken. I've been cooking a ton, and uh, I made, like, a on TikTok, which I'm fucking obsessed with, I saw a recipe for, like, a five-ingredient, like, you know, chicken, like, kind of thing, whatever, and uh, I had all the stuff, you know, at the house, so I just, like, and I had the chicken, even, I had everything, so I did that, and uh am so fucking good. So, yeah.
1: food talk is the fucking greatest thing.
0: Yeah, you guys have combined the best things, food and weed, together. Yeah. You know. Thank you, because it's truly, yeah. like, the most important things to Yeah, be. and they work together. It's not like they're two separate things, you know what I mean? They are, like, they, like, they, like, uh, join forces together, you know? Oh, yeah, there's nothing I love
2: more than getting high and cooking, and then eating. But, like, the cooking yeah. part of it is, like, really nice way yeah. to unwind. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah, it's, super therapeutic for me.
1: Getting high, cooking, eating while high, getting higher, doing the dishes while high.
0: Yeah, dishes, not so much. Dis- dishes are, like, dishes are, like, probably my heart. That's my kryptonite, I would say. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I worked in the seafood restaurant, the bar lunch, shout out Hudson, Massachusetts. And, uh, but I was the dishwasher there for years, years and years and years. And I'd be like tortured and like whipped, towel whipped psh, by like the, the chefs and stuff. You know what I mean? Cause I was a wise ass obviously. And they would like, you know, ah, whatever, you know? And I, so I just like, every time I'm washing dishes, I'm like, ah, I feel like I'm gonna get whipped from behind by like a little towel or whatever. And, um, but yeah, like today our, the cleaning lady came and uh, I wasn't there, but I leave her extra money now because it's so bad because the dishes are so bad. It's I'm going like, to get
2: you a gift certificate to Ikea and you can just throw your dishes away. I love throwing. Night. I love
0: that. It doesn't seem like I should do that anymore because the environment or whatever yeah, was thanks. Earth Day the other day. are <laughs> saying that. But like back in the day, absolutely. Just throw everything away. I do that with suits now. I like hate suits, like wearing a suit. So, because um, again, the chicken parm and everything. And, uh and now I've done this thing where if I have a wedding to go to or somewhere to wear a suit, which is only like once every two years, like I never get invited to anything anymore. Um, cause I don't wear a suit usually. And, um, but I'll buy a suit, then I'll wear it for that minute. Like I'll change like in, at the wedding, like in the venue, like I'll put my suit on and then I'll like, take it off still at the wedding and like hang it up and just like leave it in my closet or in the hotel room or like anywhere, just like brand new suit for someone. Nice. And, um, and last time I did it at my friend Matt's wedding, they ca- the hotel called me and they're like, hey, you know you left your suit here. And I was like, oh yeah, you guys can keep it. They're like, no, this is like a brand new suit. And I was like, yep, for sure. I'm never wearing it again. So like, t- please take it. And they were like so excited. But um, yeah, but I wish I could be like throw all the dishes away. Yeah. I mm-hmm. actually
2: relate real hard to that suit thing. Like when we texted... About I can't remember what we were going to. I was like, is it formal? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, I don't have oh, a yeah. suit. Oh, yeah. I didn't go. Like, neither, neither did do I. I. Yeah.
0: We couldn't go to the Magic fucking Castle. Because we don't have suits. Yeah.
1: Isn't there like a, a workaround? Like a... No. It well, has to it, be a suit? It,
0: unless like... Or a dress. I mean, you know? listen, that's the <laughs> yeah, workaround. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could do wear a dashiki or something. Um, on, apparently on Halloween, my birthday, um, you can go wearing whatever you want at Magic Castle. So that's the hope—is that we'll, I'll get, to, I'll do that's that. You know, that's like, that's like this year's idea.
1: Greatest birthday of all time. Also. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah,
2: for sure. I would say, especially with what you've created in the Green Street Building, with the Green Street Festival, everything you've done before, and everything that you're focusing on ten years from now, a suit doesn't really fit into any of that in no. any way no. at all. And it, they, to me, oh, how can I say this without sounding like an asshole? Wearing a suit scares me because it feels like I'm a part of something that I've been rebelling against my yeah, entire for life. Sure. Is that... Yeah. Because, sure. I mean,
0: people wear feels them like and a people
1: have legs. I feel yeah. that same way about high heels.
0: Oh, my God. I can't it's, imagine.
1: Y- right, you know? Oh, my I, I, God. I feel like that's how I can relate to you guys yeah. not wanting to wear a suit. It yeah. feels like a weird trap that I yeah. shouldn't have to it is. participate in.
0: It is. They all are. It's yeah. Like, that's yeah. made up by assholes like me to sell stuff you know yeah <laughs> like everything you know but yeah. you're like you go against the grain every
2: step of the way as you yeah. build your own building and own land and create yeah. a festival the yeah. whole IRL like, land not
0: yeah. not on the internet land yeah like yeah. The, yeah. no actual, meta actual no
2: yeah but there yeah. will be there will. Yeah, be. we have
0: we got a little stuff but uh a <laughs> little metaverse play but um yeah I mean I did a punk rock record label all my life basically from when I was like f- 15 16 when I was 15 I was booking shows And this is 30 years ago. So 30 years ago, I booked something, when I was in 1996, I guess, so 27 years ago. I booked something called, or no, uh, 1994, yeah. So I booked something called the New Bedford Fest. And it was in New Bedford, Massachusetts. There was like 3,000 kids that came. It was 30 bands over three days. And this is, my friend Kendra Eddy and I did this uh, festival together and I was like legit in high school without a license still, not even old enough, like 15 years old, my mom would like drop me off at venues that I'd go like do the concert at, this is before pay, before cell phones and before the internet. So I'm like booking 3,000 person events fr- from a payphone in high school. I'd like go, can I use the bathroom? And I'd go out and like call a band from California and be like, and book, you know what I mean? And like straight up. And yeah. then, so since I was 15, so, not, so the festival and everything is, is just an extension of like the punk shows to me and i'm like running it like a punk show um which is kind of like the only way i know how to do it but it's also not like like it's very different i guess i'll say than the corporate cannabis world that actually exists in california you know the festival has been the hardest thing i've done so far and it's all out of my control it's all like you know you know, like people that work for the city and mayor's office and these people like deciding if you can even do these events, you know, and then the state deciding where the punk shows are like, you rent a, a VFW hall that can do concerts and, you know, you have like 600 kids show up and you pay everybody, you know what I mean, it's like very yeah. simple. It was like stand-up comedy kind of style probably back in the day, maybe it still is that way now, but very simple, like very kind of cut and dry, you know, even though it seemed chaotic and crazy with like people moshing and all the stuff. It was um, just a community coming together, and some of the community played in the bands. Some of the community made like vegan cookies or whatever and would have a booth outside. Some of the community had like record sales and distros. Some of them had zines, you know, but every single person at the event. And if you didn't do any of that, you were probably like singing along and dancing the whole entire time. That was like what you did, you know. Um, So that's really where the inspiration comes from from everything I'm doing now. It was like punk rock shows, riding skateboards. You know, doing these shows in my hometown and in like the surrounding neighborhoods, the surrounding neighboring towns. And then that turned into doing the punk rock record label. But we, we started the label when I was 16 at, at the most, you know, and definitely before the first record came out when I was 17. But we sent the band into the studio when I was 16. It's like crazy. That is crazy. You know, so.
2: And everything through that, now you're dealing with the state and you're dealing with the city and Mm -hmm. you're dealing with people who, I mean, your track record is so fucking successful and long at this point. Like why, why won't anyone just leave you alone and let you do what you want, man?
0: Yeah. I, I I mean, I don't want to be conspiracy theory on the festival, but like people that are way more connected in the world, Uh you know, in the political world think that I got like blocked basically for doing the thing at the park. And, You know, the city told me basically that they just weren't ready to do it at this time. But 10 months before that, they asked me to move it from where I'm doing back at the building to their park. Right. Right. But the whole point of the festival is to be disruptive. Like, I have, like, a brand archetype for the festival. It's called Outlaw. And if you look at, like, brand archetype chart, you'll see, like, basically, like, big corporate companies have, like, broken everyone down to, like, these buckets of consumers, basically. And, and brands can be also, you know, run by this and, and when I looked at it, you know, I want to be disruptive. I want to shut the street down, not take the park that they'll let us. I want to rent the VFW hall and do it punk rock style and rent the parking lot, not like go into the nice, you know, fairgrounds and the park and it's all there for you. And I know it's crazy. But it's like I I want it to be like a a show, not a concert. You know, I wanted to still have this community kind of feel. But I was just so enamored by, you know, the idea of, like, getting it to be easy. I was like, oh, it's going to be easier. We can do it at this big park, and there's power, and it's built up for concerts and stuff. And then, uh, again, I'm not going to – if I was, like, you know, like a different personality in cannabis, maybe – I'd be like outside of like the state house or whatever like recording my video like freaking out or whatever you know sure. what I mean. Yeah. But like I need to do this again and I'm like right on the street from everybody and you know it's like whatever we can't figure out this one but. Facts and feelings right? Yeah. Like the fact is yeah. this is where we're at
2: but the yeah. feeling isn't going to help. That's right. Right? That's
0: right. That's right. You need to be professional about it and as any good promoter knows you need to have backup venues. Right. I always had venues. We, we, there was a time. I, one of my biggest shows I've done, most important show ever, potentially, was um, a, a showcase that people were were doing from a, a record label called J Tree Records. If you remember J Tree, it was like um, um, all these like really cool bands um, that were like from this like kind of hip hip like art scene. You know, like if you were like too cool for my label, you were on J-Tree. If, mm-hmm. like, they were like a better version of what I was doing, basically. Jets to Brazil and these other kind of bands, and um, it, I believe it was at the Rat in Boston where, I, again, I booked a thousand punk shows in my life, right, so at like I got to the venue, the bands were already there, it was like a Sunday matinee, and we opened the back door and it's like a foot of water in the club. And we're like oh fuck like this is not obviously gonna work and like i'm calling venues right there from a payphone you know like calling the connects like you can do you have a space right now can i come today you know what i mean so i've moved shows the day of and they've been probably not as good but they've been you know, everyone gets to perform and all the kids get to see the bands, you know, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And again, this is before the internet and before fun, where like the information was like hard to get out. You'd have to like write an address down and give it to people of like where to go. You couldn't even text someone, here's the address of the new venue, everybody on a mailing list. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or on Instagram, like, hey guys, here's the update. That's crazy. It didn't even exist then. I think there should be a proper, legit, large event happening at least once a month in the state of California for tens of thousands of people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it competes with anything. I think the crowd from, talking from San Francisco area to San Diego area, you know, it's hundreds of miles, it's millions of people, you know. There easily could be, um, you know, localized huge events that all, kind of all work in, you know, in, in uh, you know, sync with each other. Even if they're not like involved with each other, literally, you know, just to like, hey, okay, you know, you're doing, you know, july is this one and august is this one and september is this one because the consumers need more
1: we were you know? kind of going in that direction i feel like reggae on the river was happening yeah. and you know when yeah. cups were still a thing which aren't yeah. anymore like... i think
0: the events just got crushed so hard by regulation that, no i think just COVID in yeah. general you know okay. so a lot of the businesses like are trying to get their shit figured out and get back on track or whatever but you know they're like there should be way too many events and the consumers will go to all of them because and the brands Ultimately, it's the best move because we're so limited with what we can do. Mm-hmm. Besides podcasts and you know and stuff like that and earned media, you can't even buy any really good ads. I mean, I guess some stuff. And I'm sure eight companies are gonna email me telling me they can sell me ads or whatever. But <laughs> you know, it's really hard. Like until Zucks and and Google and these people really like let the, let you play in that world. And um, you know, then we need the events. You know, and to me, word of mouth is, is by far the strongest form of marketing and advertising, anyways. And that's what you can use these events to create. You know, that's what happens. You go to these things, you make cool moments, you make cool connections, you talk to the consumer. You know, the cannabis brands and accessory brands are so, unless you're selling online direct to your consumer, you, you don't even know who's buying your product. You know, so these events need to happen way more, you know? so.
2: It's interesting you say that too, because I one of my first jobs I had here was on the street team for Red Bull. You know, I'm wearing like a bright pink you know tank top and a headband and high socks and I'm running around Santa Monica Pier handing Red Bulls to people and they're like what is this and then they taste it I'm like that's fucking Red Bull dog like get into it whatever and now it's everywhere and it's because that like it was the hang right it was all about the hang and everybody benefited from it I got paid I got free Red Bull the company I think they're doing okay now
0: um you know like it was important it was really important yeah Red Bull did something very famous called they just would say cans in hands you know, so they sponsored back to the punk label. Like our um, our uh, one of our bands was sponsored by Red Bull, and on Warp Tour, all they cared about no no branding, nothing, no hat, no nothing. They were like just just like we want the can on top of the amplifier. You know, we want you to like the dream is that the guitar player takes a sip between songs. That's all they cared about. You know, because they knew that it, it, it people aren't chasing like logos and and this kind of stuff. Like they're you know they're they're looking to the culture. You know, so. Experiential. Experiential. Yeah. It's my favorite. So South by Southwest of cannabis. Um, again, back to the punk label, I did it forever and I did South by Southwest, I don't know, maybe eight years or something like that kind of thing. And we would do like Emos, which was like the hot club at the time. And this is like Jimmy Eat World and, you know, all the other bands playing at Bronx and everyone playing together. You know, um, these are like big shows back then, but I was so blown away by South by Southwest just the idea that like the, the, the thrift store has like a stage outside in the parking lot for the day and like every little hotel, you know, there's like a restaurant that has like 12 people watching an acoustic thing and that was just such a cool concept to me, especially with the idea of trying to scale something, you know, like, so that was, that was really the idea and I showed the idea of the festival to the city and the city was like, you should move it to the park. And I was like, well, it's kind of like supposed to be like a shut the street down thing, and a, and they're like, yeah, but like it's so much easier here. And I was like, okay, like sure, I guess I'll go into that nightclub with the music I don't like, just because it's <laughs> whatever they want me to go there or something. Sure. But uh, but yeah, that's the vision. Is you know, we'll we'll eventually shut down a few blocks, and we'll we'll connect all the way down to the Ace, and you know, um, Freehand, and to the other hotels, and maybe work with a handful of the music venues down here and then um, until they allow actual sales of product on site, which is not, that's kind of our main thing that we're trying to work on with the city is, um, you know, we can just rent some private property and build out cool spaces, no parking lots and things like that and, you know, just do it ourselves. Again, back to DIY style, you know, so.
1: Yeah, I've already got my backpack for the day. L- yeah, <laughs> loaded with like all the things I need for a on day, on site festival day, yeah. going all day.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I mean, it, it's like I'm I'm stressed about it because it's just so much work or whatever. But uh, the team's incredible. Um, we're really letting I'm really letting the team like, you know, bring their vision to life as much as mine. It's like you know I have ideas, but. You know, they are like very into it and, you know, they're like we, we like some of the food, I don't even know who they are that we've confirmed. And, you know, I, Mike, you told me that you got hired by us. I didn't even know. I, of course, it was my idea to have you host the festival. But but then all the paperwork yeah, and all the bottom line even stuff. I didn't even
2: see it. Yeah. I didn't even see it happen. It's I think incredible. I sent you a text and you're like, oh, I'm glad that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like, great, because yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, good, good, uh, good.
0: You're going to be available? Yeah. So, but the, you know, the first one will be essentially the building. Uh, we have a parking lot right next door that we rented that we'll like, kind of set up for like a little check-in kind of area. Um, we have the, the alleyway behind the building. I don't know if anyone knows this part yet, but you know, we have this crazy alleyway that's private you know, behind the building, so um, you know, we're going to take that over. We have um, we're working with the Ace and the Freehand Hotel, so that's where people are staying. Um, I'm working with a handful of dispensaries in downtown, so we're working with Budico and Hyperwolf Delivery. Who's in the building and um, MMD and you know there's a few other dispensary partners that are part of the fest. Um, you know I don't know name them in case like they decide they they don't want to do it but. Uh, but you know, well, there gonna... is one I'm
2: excited to try, so I hope they don't drop out because
0: I'm not familiar with them. And you were like, "Oh, dude, get on it!" Which one? Afters ice cream. Oh, that's the food. Yeah, I was talking about the dispensaries. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry, I'm sp- thinking yeah, Afters <laughs> is for sure happening. I actually, it's so I'm good. Obsessed. You haven't tried Afters yet at all? I have not. It's nuts. Never it? tried. Oh, okay. it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a ten out of ten oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's they it's nuts. We have a cup over here that I just got the sample of, and it's like Green Street Festival co-branded with Afters. And it was like so far it's the highlight of everything that we've seen. Just that's to have awesome. my brand, which just doesn't even exist yet, next to like a name like After's that's so proven. I think Twenty-seven locations uh, for just that one that one's concept. But but yeah, all the food's still happening. Uh, Where you know After's has a food truck, mm-hmm. so we'll have After's food truck and Yeastie uh, Boys food truck out front. We have the, a couple of restaurants next door, so we've taken them over, and that's where we have like pop-ups of like Uncle Polly's and you know the other people or whatever. I have um, uh, Petite Peso will be there and Shrimp Daddy. And then we have uh, Broad Street Oyster Company is going to pop up inside of Gusto. Oh, Shout yeah. out, they're uh, good friends. Yeah, Shout really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so they'll be inside of, of Gusto, That's which is like a find perfect- That's where
1: you me is next to the oyster station. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> I was like, we should just do this inside Gusto. Like, Gusto is a gig- giant, beautiful restaurant. You know, oysters, like, fit their menu perfectly. They don't serve them. You know, oyster people don't have a- Food truck, and we have to like figure out where to put them. So, so we're working on that. Like literally today, we met about that. So I hope that's happening. Uh, but that that should be the plan. And then um, obviously every floor in the building is getting taken over. Um, and then with the majestic, then we're doing the concert around the corner here at the majestic. It's two blocks away. No one knows this yet, but uh, we're announcing it tomorrow or the next day. Um, we'll, we'll announce but, it on here. If yeah, you, you just yeah, hold yeah. off. Yeah. You yeah. could just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just wait for a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, the majestic. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's nuts it's like a stunning venue if you've seen like a movie with like a bank robbery scene from like a old-timey cool bank or like any kind of like you know fucking crazy power movie kind of thing it's filmed in this majestic it's it's stunning like i don't even know what a, the building costs but crazy next level and uh and that's where the concert will be um and you know, that's something we decided really recently. We were going to really do it outside, like, on a, in a parking lot kind of thing, or or even here in the building. But it's just too good of a sh- lineup. Like, I just can't. I need to. I, I want it to be, like, in a proper, proper concert venue. So we, like, went from, like, should we do it in a parking lot to, never mind, we're going to do it in, like, a way more fancy thing. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but, yeah, super beautiful, and it holds, like, Maybe twelve hundred people or something like that. So, oh, there, I mean, um, it's going to be sold out. Yeah, that's, that's so, going to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, if
1: someone bought a ticket to the Green Street Festival, that's yeah. full entry into everything you've yeah, mentioned.
0: Yeah, yeah. If someone bought a ticket at this point, so we took the tickets down when we, you know, had to move away and move it back to our venue. Uh, but anyone that has a ticket already that bought a ticket gets into anything, and then we're finalizing the capacities right now, literally, and then we'll put more tickets on sale maybe by Friday this Friday kind of thing you know what I mean so I just don't want to oversell it and then um have I didn't want one person to get turned away or, or be bummed because they couldn't get in kind of thing you know so but the next one my my thought is go South by Southwest style where it's like there's 20 events happening um all over the place and you know it's first come first serve on your ticket and you know it's whatever price to get into the whole thing and you know what I mean just like South by Southwest people wait in line and they watch a band play and then, you know, fifty people leave and fifty more people come in, you know. So I think that's like the that's like the dream. Like you're just buying your you know?
1: badge for the whole thing. Yeah, for the then... whole thing.
0: Yeah. And you can come and, you know, and you can do you can see the small little teeny event. Because even the hotels, like we can you know, we're working with the ace now on rooms. We could do a DJ set on the roof by this one artist just for a couple hours. You know, we can add on these, I don't wanna call them small events, but they don't have to be like two thousand person rooms. We can have an event for fifty people. You know what I mean? We can have someone DJ at the restaurant downstairs or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of stuff. So. What
2: I love about that too, um, as somebody who loves a good three-day festival, is like once you're inside and you've kind of made the rounds, then I'm kind of just sitting under a tree smoking a joint for yeah. a pretty long time. And the way that you're spacing it out, not only floor to floor of the building, but building to building too, yeah. means like I'm hopping around
0: with my crew
2: yes. all day, yes. which is yes. fun as shit. Yeah, for yep. sure. For you sure. Know?
0: For sure. Yeah, we want to... This one we probably won't have shuttles because everything is so close. Um, it's really walking distance. But the next one, um, we have like the shuttle company already lined up, and they have like tons of shuttles and like big buses and everything. And um, and then obviously like the like the the birds and the little e-bikes and stuff. Like I could see. It being like people just mobbing on that. Hundred percent. Have you guys been to South by South, what You oh no. See well, that's the thing. The tour got canceled. We got in
1: right. and it got canceled, yeah. and then the next year we were accepted again, and it was remote.
0: Oh, so geez. we would
1: like technically have been to South by, but not in person. It would person. be amazing if
0: you just like on the video, you just like just showed up in Austin. Like, where's everybody? Yeah, yeah hello. we <laughs> bought bloodsos. Yeah, we bought like yeah three hundred dollars. Did you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, to, like, eat barbecue. Can you make it? Yeah. in my apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really an unbelievable event. It's like nothing I've ever seen before, you know, because it's it's just so, it's just so unique and eclectic, you know, and like the like there's every type of music and every type of tech and every type of movie and. Now it's like getting dominated by like Pringles advertising and there's like a Doritos you know million dollars Dorito campaign or whatever, but. Um, but yeah.
2: are you open to something like that to put a lot of the cart before a lot of the horse like is that the goal like, it's like when money? weed goes well like when no. weed goes federally legal whether i know a lot of people are like i want it to go legal i don't but like when it does um would you want to work with like doritos and pringles and do all of that
0: yeah cool i mean that's taco bell money that's yeah. like eventually where this is going to go you know yeah. i just don't i'm not working with clients really at all that's like the other thing that's been, happened you know over the covid i like stopped working on any client projects. And now I'm just like running an ad agency without clients basically. And you're running a building. Yeah, well that's the thing. I'm focusing on the building and the festival and um, we have an NFT project we're working on, which is pretty exciting. But um, but yeah, so I'm not working with clients. So yes, maybe the festival works with Taco Bell or whatever, you know what I mean? I did have a, a, a pitch to Twix, where like we could do a left Twix and a right Twix booth, you know what I mean? Have them competing with each other during Hell the yes. thing, you know what I mean? So this is years ago for Hall Flowers, but, um, but yeah, I mean the, you know, to talk seriously about, about like the, consum- the cannabis consumer and advertising and the big corporations, like the quote unquote, and I don't like this term, but like the quote unquote stoner persona is actually now officially recognized in these big advertising agencies. Like I've worked, I worked with some of the biggest on the planet I've seen recently over COVID these things that these are, this is like a new demographic that is approved to go after, you know? So you're seeing crazy 420 ads and the way I look at anybody, any corporate company that recognizes 420 at all, which is a ton of them, they have that memo, you know what I mean? So you saw Fatburger worked with Wonder Bread over Mm -hmm. the thing, you know, Cookies apparently worked with White Castle. You know, I'm not sure if it's delicious or not, but, like, it's super, you know, important, right? Um, obviously, like, you see Bic Lighters and these companies, like, you know, with, like, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. And Snoop's, like, you can light anything with it. Winky face on the cardboard cutout. You know what I mean? So um, so they're all coming, you know? It's, yeah. it's like, how do you – my goal would be to how do you integrate them into the community where it's, like, not offensive and it works for both of them. You know, like Vice does a good job with this, right? You know, Vice has their advertising company that, like, if you want to buy like a McDonald's ad in Vice or whatever, Vice is helping you make that ad. Oh, that's You know, that's Vice isn't like just like yeah, give us this ad that fully stands out because like, it won't work. It will like you think you want the Vice consumer or the stoner consumer or whatever. You know, you have to speak to them the right way, just like any other genre of people, you know what I mean? Do
1: so. you see Green Street being the widened Kennedy of the cannabis world at some point?
0: No, I hate clients and advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I just, I'm not into it. Um, no, I want to create IP, you know? I want to create brands in the space, and you know, I want to offer solutions to brands and provide value that way. I don't want to be a landlord at all. If anything, we are landlords with the building, but it's like the programming and the one-on-one consultations with the the tenants, like and the tenants, pull me aside and they're like, "We're thinking about launching the company, and h- which name should it be?" And I'm like, literally helping them like pick names of like their company forever, hopefully, kind of stuff, you know. And we don't charge for that. It's just I want them to win, you know. It's like, you know, it's not like I'm not like a. I didn't think I'd be a landlord. Now I get why landlords are landlords. I understand the economic, you know, thing here. But yeah, I just want everyone to. I want everyone to be so excited that they're in the building that the first thing they want to do is like pay their rent because they think it's the best deal they ever got, you know, kind of thing. So
2: That's what's up. And then New York, right? A Little New
0: York building? Yeah. So I went to New York recently. I looked at a building. Uh, I have a dear friend there um, that I really want him to help me and partner together on a building piece there. I I think we need to have like a local partner, you know, Um, just because, again, to speak speak New York versus speaking L.A., it's very different, you know, so, um, and I think New York would be my strategy would be slightly different than what we would, what we're doing here. Really just because the companies don't, haven't been existing for that long there. You know, to be in New York and I, and I went there, I went to all the, the cool, like pizza pusha and stuff. I don't know if I told you about this, uh, yeah. but so fucking cool. Like I went to, all, you know, Astro Club, like all these things are like happening there or, or, or whatever, you know, and um, Green Monkey, you know, and, uh, and, but with California, we have like five years ahead of them with like, the way it's rolled out, so we kind of have a somewhat of a crystal ball. I want to say like with what we think could potentially happen, you know, like I, I'm, my prediction is that like the trap shops in Manhattan can't stay open, kind of thing. Just small things like that, you know what I mean? But my my thought would be for the Green Street New York building, it would be membership based like the way this is, but where this is tons of offices, maybe the companies don't really need full offices; they just need more like places to hang, you know, more, you know. Private club style, whatever. Of course, consumption areas and stuff, and then, you know, a lot of events. I would imagine.
2: God damn! I think that uh, we would be a little remiss if we didn't mention Gary V as uh, sure. after all of this. Yeah,
0: Gary's killing it right now. He just launched uh, Series Two V Friends to the public mint yesterday. I don't know if you guys even know what I'm talking about right now, but I do. You know, non-fungible like, tokens. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he has, you know, he has one of the most successful NFT projects to date. Basically, V Friends, you know, and yesterday, the whole week, he's launching his V Friends too. But yesterday was the public mint, and that means like, you know, uh, like if you bought a bunch of books or if you had the original V Friends or whatever, you could get in and go buy more stuff, and um, and it did ridiculous, like ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Like 90 million or something I think like he, that. he did 50 million bucks 50 yesterday, million? I think, yeah. yesterday alone. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like a couple hundred million dollars in NFTs sold so far. So wild. Yeah, it's wild. Do and you have one? I don't. And um, I'll tell the story and I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Everybody I know called me that morning that he announced it and said, should I buy one of these? Everybody. I don't know if you guys did, but everybody I know, like 50 phone calls. And I was scared that people were gonna spend their money and, and, and I, 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 I said no. I was like, I don't think you should do it uh, unless you can afford to lose it. it. Well, it's just like art, not that I, you shouldn't do it, but when I look at a painting, I'm not like, I can sell that for more money one day. You know, maybe that's like in the back of your mind, but you gotta love it. So if you want it and like it gives you like, the, you know, like, you know if, you're, if that's enough for you to own it, then you should buy it for sure, you know? So that's what I said to people. I said, if you know, you should buy it if you, like, want to go for the long haul, but NFTs are brand new. No one knows what's going to happen. You know, we didn't know Gary's full plans. And so I didn't buy one. And a few people, other didn't buy one. but Some pe- some people did. Brandine Strand bought one. Brandine from Phoenician Grinders bought a couple. Nice. Uh, our friend Dano bought some. And, um, yeah, they're worth more than a Ferrari.
1: Ha-ha!
0: <laughs> you know, they're, like, six-figure... NFTs, you -hmm. know, yeah, yes. I I, I mean, there's like twice where I doubted Gary ever in our five years of being in business together. Uh, Once he told me that I would soon be um, suffocated by opportunity, and I said, "No way." That's like when we were signing our deal five years ago, and I was like, "No way. You have no idea. I'm. ah, I love work. You know." And then, of course, he was right, you know, it was like a week into it. I was like, ooh, it was like 800 emails. And then um, the other thing was, was VFriends, you know, for sure. I, I fucking blew it on that one. I didn't know about the NFT stuff that much. We're, we're working on our first NFT project. And, um, and, you know, I was just in, Gary put out his, like, diary tour video the other day. He went to Dubai, came to LA for Super Bowl and at the end of the video, there's like a little one minute clip with me in it talking about the project, you know? So, uh, That's cool. Yeah, so that's That's cool. cool. And it's like, you know, and um, you know, he's just, I mean, like, it's so silly to be like, I love this man, but like, he's just unbelievable. He's like better off camera than he is on. He works harder than anyone I know by far. He is super brilliant and, and, and on people with the names and, for members for like years of, it's like so next level like I thought it, I, I, I told the story before but I thought before we started working together that like you know we're just a couple levels apart you know what I mean just like you know and then every time we talk it's like oh fucking way more levels exist I did had no idea you know what I mean it's like multiverse style like I can't even it's like 20 levels type of thing not two or three like legit you know mm-hmm. and and I think I'll never get there as close to, even where he is now, I don't think I'll get to where he is now in my life as far as, like, the business prowess. You know, even it, it, 20 years away from being as good as Gary is today. Like, legit, he's that good. That's why it's so crazy for him to, like, like me and support me. Because it's like, shit, if this guy's the man, you know, I'll text, I text him the, the bubble hockey machine. And, um, and he writes back in ten, one second. You know what I mean? Like... You know like I can't be beat or whatever it was you know (laughs) and then or you know or he was on a podcast the other day and I texted him like dude love you on this podcast and he's like what was your favorite part or whatever you know like instantly responds and you know it's crazy it's just like he doesn't have to do this you know like he's I'm not making him 50 million dollars a day Mm -hmm. Uh, that's for damn sure you know so
2: but you do have courage and you do have ambition (laughs) And I think that I would I would imagine that there were some phone calls or emails that you were like, Man, I, I gotta do this tomorrow or he's gonna and it's like it takes courage and ambition,
0: right? Yeah, to do he, what you're he, doing. He did say that thank like, you, I appreciate that. He did say, um I think or I just don't know what I'm doing, it's like ignorance is bliss, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um but he did say when I saw him when I saw him at Super Bowl, he said, um and Phil Toronto, who's our partner as well, um, they were like like Rama, like Things you said you were gonna do happened. Like we launched Hall of flowers; it's going crazy. It's the biggest one. Oh my god! You know, we—you said you were gonna open this building. Like we were like, "What are you talking about?" It's open. You know, they—they they, Phil came to the building recently. They were just like losing their minds. And um, you know, the festival's <laughs> coming there. You know, we're gonna get past the finish line, even if we have a duct tape wheel or whatever. You know what I mean for the first one. But I think it's going to be. I'm gonna
2: put my prediction out there for the festival. Mm. Um, I know that the, the position of it, and all the things that were and were not, and are, it's going to be a success. The state and the city is going to be like, oh, we had to give this guy a hard time to see, you know, sure. we should put our money where our mouth is, and then they're gonna be like, fuck, we missed out on something and cannot wait. How soon are you coming back, homie? Because goddamn, yeah. like, I yeah. almost feel like these kinds of tests are positioned in a way that because you push and go above and beyond them, everyone else is like oh okay now i see yeah you know i think people test other people all the time whether it's intentional or not and you just rise to the occasion and you were like "Fuck it i will have a building after COVID."
1: yeah also it wouldn't be punk rock or disruptive if you didn't have a duct tape wheel i love that for the first one like it's got to be if it's going to be in the mold of what you do and who you are yeah yeah it's got to be kind of like everybody
0: the people that i admire the most that are like professionally and personally i called them when i when you know the shit was going down and i was like what do I do and the people that the, literally the number one answer was to just do it in the building like everybody and the original plan the crazy Mikey that that runs the festival he's like, okay like that same day it happened he's like well we have these still and it was the first plan still in the building <laughs> so he's like, we already have it done we already have it mapped it was like here's what here's what we're doing everybody like we already had mapped it out to do it here you know with the parking lots and the whole thing yeah. so it was like we you know anyway so now we're back to that and um yeah i mean we're just getting started on it i mean i'm not a burning man fan at all but you know there was 100 people at the first burning man you know if you watch the coachella documentary which is incredible you guys should both watch it it's unbelievable not just because you want to do a festival but just it's cool um it's like the they like barely made it through for years you know hall of flowers we lost or reinvested seven figures in the first one you know to make get it awesome and make it really good and make people see that like they should invest and to come and do this you know so it just yeah it's the beginning you know yep just getting started.
1: We're going to be at the first one, and that feels fucking cool. It yeah. does
2: feel fucking cool. Yeah, hell yeah.
0: Dude, Fuck. hell yeah. Been yeah, yeah. on the ground floor. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: well, um, let's do, I mean, it's going to be in the description. It's going to be all over our Instagram, um, but also May 13th and 14th. Yep. Green Street Festival. Los Street. Angeles Green Street Festival. Yep. A sick fucking lineup. Um, it's cool to see my name on there, not going to lie, man. Yeah. <laughs> fucking pretty good. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. And, uh, and tickets. Um, are available
0: ticket depends when this comes out. Tickets are probably going to be sold out because we yeah. have so many people like hitting us up that when we put them on, I would imagine they sell out in a day or two kind of thing. And
2: I can but, be bribed for a comp. Yeah, for
0: sure, for sure. You have a plus forty, so you can just sell those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say like you know, I mean, the website screensheetfestival dot com and uh, or screensheetfest com. You can Google it or whatever. And um, yeah, tickets might still be on sale. Um, yeah, we're just, you know, we're just like, I, I keep watching this video of, from Moneyball, you ever seen Moneyball, the, uh-huh. the movie? Jonah Hill, right? Jonah Hill, yeah. yeah. Brad Pitt, I'd say, but yeah. Um, and um, there's a scene when, at the end when Brad Pitt's meeting with like the, the manager or, or like the, the owner of the Red Sox, Boston Red Sox, whatever. And he's like, you know, I see you getting punched in the teeth out there or whatever. And he's like, you know, the first through the walls, always the most bloody. You know, and I literally have it on my screen, and like I watch it like four times a day just to like remind myself that like why we're doing this, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, and it makes me happy that we're not just crazy doing it. You know, we're doing it like for a, a bigger reason. You know, so.
2: Fucking right. Also, the end of that movie works out for Brad Pitt.
0: Yeah, he's yeah yeah. That's right. It always works out for Brad Pitt. It does always work out <laughs> right? for Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My favorite weed smoker potentially.
2: Dope. Hundred percent.
0: Right. 100%. Well pretty cool weed smoker basically. I don't come know on, on the
1: part. pod, Brad.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Next one, let's do a four with Brad. Bradley. Yep. Yeah. We'll that's grab right. a bite downstairs. Yep. Yeah, that's great. All right, I'll text oh, yeah. him. Uh, oh,
0: man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. I'm really Super looking
1: forward to hanging with you at this fest and just yeah. like, you know, documenting the whole thing in yeah. my brain. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: gonna be awesome.
2: And for everyone who's listening who doesn't live in Cali, if you can come to Cali and check out the scene here,
0: it's a pretty cool scene. Yeah. We're also live streaming the fest. Um from uh, No Jumper's website, fuck yes. So that's another thing we just added on Huge. there because like we have a little less capacity with the venue change. So they have three million subscribers. So we're gonna stream the fest from there. They're gonna be set up here in the building and have a bunch of cameras and stuff going around. So that should hopefully kind of make up for the fact that we have a little less. In human attendance IRL attendance hell mm-hmm. yeah you
2: heard it here first I will be hosting from my apartment yeah exactly <laughs> it's yeah, gonna yeah. be great yeah.
0: yeah from the bathtub <laughs> um but yeah um I don't know that's it thank you guys so much really appreciate it it's been awesome fucking awesome yeah. uh thank you all bye everyone bye everyone bye